Hello and welcome to Root Causes, the PKI and Security podcast where a pair of industry veterans talk about all matters digital certificates and PKI. I'm Tim Callen, Chief Compliance Officer at Sigtigo, and I'm joined by Jason Sirocco, CTO of PKI at Sigtigo. How are you doing today, Jay? Doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me. So we want to talk about a recent development today involving Windows 11 and TPMs. Right, Tim. So Microsoft uh, very, very recently has uh, talked about Windows 11. Uh, so you imagine, I mean, Windows 10 has been out an awfully long time and a lot of people were speculating, geez, what's the next Windows going to be? And it's, it's going to be Windows 11, apparently. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> that and, makes sense. You know, and it's great because who knew what uh, the, the main, you know, anytime you have a release that big uh, of, of a software that just affects just, just about every computer on the planet. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. just everywhere. Uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of pluses, a lot of minuses, a lot of, you know, some surprises, some not surprises. Out of all the topics that ro- rose to the top, Tim, it, it ended up being Trusted Platform Module, TPM. Oh, very cool. Okay. And I guess part of what was confusing from Microsoft was the requirement for a TPM, the hard requirement of a TPM for Windows 11, and uh, a little bit of confusion around the fact that the original uh, the original specs for requirement were that TPM 1.2 was sufficient, and ended up they ended up changing it to to TPM 2.0 as, as being a, a hard as a minimum. So yeah. as a minimum requirement, and you know just to get this out of the way because uh, I think this is interesting. Um, you know, it's neither here for there or there for me to to say why Microsoft changed their mind at the last minute. Uh, but the one of the major reasons for requiring TPM 1.2 over 2.0, and I might be rushing this, uh, but I think it's worth mentioning right off the top. Uh, TPM 1.2 only supports uh, SHA one oh. uh, as a hashing algorithm and only okay. supports RSA. It doesn't support ECC. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. Those that NT program 2.0, therefore one presumes support the, the, the more, what do I say? The more modern, the more current, the more recent uh, algorithms as well. Yeah. So, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about cryptographic algorithms mm-hmm. and it really, that's that requ- that hard requirement for TPM 2.0 was due to the need for modern cryptographic algorithms. I guess somebody looked at it from Microsoft and said, uh-oh, you know, yeah. I, TPM 2.0 is going to be the, the hard minimum. The problem is there are a lot of legacy computers out there that have a TPM 1.2 chip. Right. That was going to be my, my next question. So does that mean that those systems will not be able to upgrade to Windows 11? Apparently. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that that's... um. What's interesting about that is that means that cryptographic standards have become a gating item for Microsoft to sell this operating system, right? Who there knew? Will be a lot Who of knew, right? This, upgrades this... not sold because they've decided to honor these cryptographic requirements. Now, you and I both know uh, yeah. for, for quite a few years, I think it's since 2016, mm-hmm. any system that was listed as Windows 10 compatible had to be sold with a TPM chip, right? That's right. been that's been out for a long time. 
Um, but keep in mind, there, there are computers out there, modern, very, very modern computers that might not have a TPM chip. And that includes things like big, big gaming systems where you might have bought, uh, you know, a, a specialty motherboard that did not have a TPM chip. So, so let's talk about the, the TPM versions. So if I'm buying a computer today, if I just, you know, drive down to my, you know, local computer store, my local electronics store, and I walk home with a laptop that has a TPM chip, can I rely these days on the fact that that's going to be TMPM 2.0 or might I have purchased a TPM 1.2 compatible chip without knowing it? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't have the specs for you in terms of what are the few motherboard manufacturers that still have the old 1.2. I, I really don't know that. I, and I don't know that you are assured yeah. that it's going to be 2.0. My gut feel is for what it's worth is that I think most systems are going to have 2.0 right now. I don't think 1.2 has been produced in a while, but it is one of those things where, boy, do you ever want to double check? Because that would be an important gating factor in the value of your computer going forward. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about our other favorite topic, which is so you say you needed to move to TPM2 in order to get support for ECC. Well, you and I both know that in the next few years, there's going to be a great need for support for a whole new set of algorithms, or at least some new algorithms that are, you know, probably mostly lattice-based that are considered to be quantum-safe algorithms. Are we going to have to upgrade our TPMs again when that occurs? No, I, I think, I think, uh, and first of all, I have not read through the complete list of crypt- cryptographic algorithms that are supported. I don't mm-hmm. believe that TPM 2.0 has a, a a specific set of quantum resistant algorithms listed. However, because of the usage of uh, hybrid certificates and that concept that we've podcasted on in the past, Tim, that shows you just how important that hybrid certificate is. Ah, sure. So, so if you're going to be inserting a root of trust into a TPM, uh, right, a root of trust certificate that has an algorithm that's, you know, other than ECC or RSA, uh, that that hybrid certificate will be able to allow you to bind. Right. So that's, okay. that's, okay. that's the, the really important reasoning for that hybrid certificate. So gotcha. any, any of you who are curious about that, we do have podcasts about that in the past. All right. So that, that'll be fine. So that'll be our path forward. So we're not going to have to all throw out all of our personal computers <laughs> once, once we're in a situation where we need to um, support quantum ready because we'll be able to there will be able to be hybrid certificates that will solve that problem that's right and then down down the road once we have once nist has you know decided on its list of quantum resistant algorithms that are going to be kind of become the de facto standards then you know obviously the the hardware industry will make chips that'll support all of that as well but imagine that support going native at that point yeah but but there's obviously going to be at least a decade in between where those hybrid Mm -hmm. certificates are going to be very important wow yeah that's a that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but yeah, you're absolutely right. By the way, come and see Sectigo Quantum Labs. There's my plug. Yeah, sure. There you go. Quantum Sectigo slash Quantum Hyphen Labs. Yep, definitely. You can um, read about quantum computing. You can 
get your um, get your hybrid cert kit and play around with it. You can do all of that stuff. So that's an interesting development, Jay. And um, I guess I just will say, you know, it feels to me like this is a definitely an example of Microsoft making a good decision in terms of cryptography and its importance. And, um, you know, we should acknowledge that. You know, I, I, th I think it might be worth spending just an extra minute mm -hmm. talking about the need for secure elements and okay. the fact that the best of the best IoT devices have secure elements on them. Yeah. And mobile devices have secure elements on them. It's, it's about time that, you know, normal workstation computers, <laughs> you can just assume that they do have a TPM. Or, you know, which is the, the most common form of, of secure element typically on a motherboard of a computer. So there's two things I want to talk about here, which is it's really where do you put your secrets? Where do you put your most sensitive secrets on a computer? Well, you want them isolated from the main user land memory, right? So everything from your uh, LSAS hashes for Active Directory to your... PKI, private keys, uh, you know, probably one of the most commonly talked about TPM keys that are, that a lot of people work with are uh, the BitLocker, right? So the BitLocker keys are stored in a TPM. Just so many important secrets are stored there. And Microsoft really is recognizing the fact that in, in order to go into the deep future, they have to make the hard decision of just absolutely guaranteeing that that TPM is there. It's just so important. And I, I've even heard stories about TPM 2.0 chipsets that can be inserted onto motherboards. Apparently there's a, a gold rush mm. right now of scalpers uh, buying those up uh, because they, they, you know, people with computers that they want to run into the future, they're, they're going to need them. Uh, but I, I would say it, what's, what's worth mentioning here on this podcast as well is that on the workstation, there okay. is in my opinion, something that's not talked about enough when, with regards to a TPM. Because the attestation action, for, for, you know, to, to way oversimplify this, as I like to do sometimes, the act of attestation can be messed with. So in other words, I, I don't think anybody's broken into the chip. I'm not worried, if, you know, the... the the level of difficulty of breaking into the TPM to steal the secrets is onerously difficult. Uh, notice I didn't say impossible. I, okay. I'm just saying incredibly difficult. Uh, but what's not as difficult is to somehow hijack the BIOS of a computer. And this, this is where there's an advantage to, let, let's take iOS and iPhone, for example. Okay. iOS devices. iOS devices have a boot sequence, a bootloader that is firmware signed. In other words, th there are other cryptographic functions going on that are protecting the integrity of the boot sequence. Right. On IoT devices, I mean, Sectigo itself, you know, we have an offering for uh, secure boot which mm -hmm. is all about making sure your IoT device has integrity of, of, its, of its boot sequence. Yeah. Now, 
we, we can talk about having a TPM. We can talk about having a secure element. And it's true for all of these computing types. But what, what mobile devices and what IoT devices typically have when they have a secure element is they also have a lockdown boot sequence. Well, with laptops and desktop computers, that's not always true. Ah. So in other words, you can have non-signed BIOS uh, software, firmware, or you can have weak, weakly signed or insecure BIOS signing. And I've seen on stage at Black Hat and at other conferences, White Hat researchers showing how if an, if an attacker is somehow able to modify your BIOS, they are able to mess with the messaging coming off that TPM chip. Mm. And in, in fact, the, the demonstration I remember, and I, yeah, I, I honestly wish I could remember the name of the, the young researcher who was on stage because he did such great work, uh, but actually demonstrated on stage uh, f uh, the false false um, messages coming from the TPM showing that the hard drive had been encrypted. And in fact, it had not. And that, that was a real revelation for me that, oh yeah, that's the missing piece. So we can talk about TPMs all we like, but just, just keep in mind, a lot of times when we're talking about any kind of secure element, we also have to be talking about the boot sequence of the device being locked down right from, right from the beginning. Otherwise, the secure element may not be doing quite what you expect it to. Hmm. Okay. So do we, what, what is our take on whether or not that is a thing that one still has to worry about in, let's say, a Windows 11 world? I think it's probably going to be, continue to be a problem through time. Hmm. In, in other words, I think this is an area for white hat researchers to ring the bell. I mean, it's great that TPM has now been raised to, you know, the top of even non-technical people right now are like, what's this TPM thing and why do I have to worry <laughs> about it? I mean, that's fantastic. Um, but I think the next part of the story is white hat researchers need to, and people like us, Tim, right, yeah. in the industry, need to be ringing the bell and saying, hey, what about your boot sequence? Have you secured that? Are, you know, companies like Dell and Asus and, and all these other computer manufacturers, Lenovo, you know, are they locking down their BIOS to the level that it needs to be? And those are the kinds of questions that need to be answered by pen testers, white hat researchers. Uh, I, I'd rather those guys figure out that it's sure. weak ahead of time rather than the bad guy teaching then us that. That bad guy doing the, doing it the hard way. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Wow. Well, that's an interesting perspective and a certainly a turn at the end that I wasn't quite expecting. I thought this was all roses and champagne, <laughs> but uh, maybe there's a little bit of, uh, maybe there's a, still a little bit of risk there. I think there is, Tim. And, and so for anybody buying a computer right now, uh, absolutely make sure you've got yourself a TPM 2.0. Make, make sure that that's in the spec sheet. Um, you know, what, what confuses us even further is there's some other boards who do not have that hardware, but they have, the, but, but they're simulating it in firmware. Mm. And that's another area that I would love for, for white hat researchers to bang on be, before we declare that safe. There's, there's just something, you know, viscerally strong about that separated, isolated piece of hardware. 
Uh, I know they're simulating that in firmware, but who knows if that's as good? I mean, it, I, I just don't know. Th- there's a lot of unknowns, Tim, and it shows you that where mobile devices and, and IoT devices have come a long way, it's because of the fact that they're, they're not typically purely general computers. Right. They're walled gardens and they do very specific functions. A lot of desktop computers do a lot of things and they're made by a lot of manufacturers and the quality level of the security from the boot stack on up is not always what you expect it to be. So let's, let's, let's keep an eye on this. All right. We'll keep an eye on this. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Tim. This has been Rukazis. <laughs>